Hey, this is Dave Burgess, and you are listening to The Dave Burgess Show, where we talk education, lifestyle, entrepreneurship, fitness, wellness, principles of success, interview elite performers in their field, and most importantly, cover topics that will empower, inspire, and uplift you. Let's go. Hey, welcome to episode 36 of The Dave Burgess Show. So there I was standing in the grocery store aisle in front of about 40 different types of buffalo sauce for chicken wings. And I looked at all 40. I agonized over it, couldn't make a decision, going back and forth, taking bottle after bottle off the shelf. And maybe you've you've either been in that situation before or something similar to it, or you know somebody in your life who does this. Same thing for me if I go to like, say, uh, CVS and I'm looking for some moisturizer for my face or something like that, some sunscreen, and there's 47 different kinds of moisturizer and I'm going back and forth. I open up my phone and I'm researching in the aisle of the store about which which are the best rated, which ones would be best for me, which ones are non-comedogenic, which ones have the best sunscreen protection, how much sunscreen should you have inside of your moisturizer if you're... Uh, it goes on and on and on. And uh, it's what Barry Schwartz, he wrote a, um, a he wrote a report on it called The Paradox. He calls it The Paradox of Choice, where we are so interested in getting something which is ideal, that is perfect, that is optimized, that sometimes it holds us back from making a decision. The psychologist Herbert A. Simon called it, he, he, can't, he said there's two types of people generally. You're either a maximizer or you're a satisficer. So a maximizer always wants to optimize everything. They want to do all of the research. They want to go into all of the different options. They want to get the very best of every single thing. Everything has to be optimized, right? And the satisficer, on the other hand, has a set of criteria, some requirements that they are looking for. And once they find something that matches those requirements, they're more than happy to just to make a decision right then. And they don't agonize over the fact that they didn't look at all of the options or they're willing to look at someone else's research and just say, oh, so-and-so said this is the best one. I'm going to grab it. Whereas that maximizer, here's the interesting thing. The maximizer who spent all of that time trying to make that decision, even after they do that and they make the decision and buy something, for example, they are still less satisfied than the satisficer who didn't do the research. They're still thinking, they're agonizing, they're still thinking about it. They're still saying like, oh, maybe I should have got this other one. Or you know what? I heard that like next month, another one's going to come out in the market. Maybe I should have just waited before I made that purchase. And I, I find myself doing this with technology sometimes where I might be three models back on the iPhone at different points of my life because I'm always thinking like, oh yeah, but I think there's going to be, like, I don't want to buy this now because the next one's coming out in four months. I'm going to just wait for those four months to hit. And then that, that four months hits, I don't make the decision then pretty soon it's like oh but the you know if i can just hold on i heard the camera on the next one is going to be unbelievable maybe i should just wait for that one and before long years have gone by and i still haven't upgraded my iphone so in many ways i find myself uh find myself being a maximizer in areas which are really just not that important to me and i shouldn't be spending that stress that 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 time that anxiety all that mental anguish around it I'll give you some other examples. Now, now, inevitably, I'm going to describe 
some of you in some of these examples. And so no shade intended because uh, trust me, I'm talking about myself on some of these too. But here's an example. The person who is in the grocery store and they got their cart and it's time to check out and you just see them mentally examining each of the checkout lines and making, uh, and, and they move their cart one way and they're like, oh, wait, wait, but wait, that, that line only has three people. Oh, but that person has a lot of, the, the second the second person in line has a lot of stuff in their cart. Maybe I should move that. Oh, these people only have a few items. Oh, wait, there's a 10 and less checkout. How many do I have? One, two, three, four. I got 12 items. Can't go to that line. Oh, and they're going back and forth. And sometimes these people, if they're with someone else, they'll say like, hey, you, you go stand in that line. I'll be in this line. We'll see which one moves faster. And they're trying to maximize the grocery store line. And the truth is that usually, even and this is exactly what happens, when they make their decision, they're upset with it anyway. The line that they didn't choose ends up flying by faster and they're sitting there and they're upset. Same thing in traffic where you see people moving from lane to lane to lane and they're picking which lane that there's tra- there's stop and go traffic. Like, oh, I think if I get over to the fast lane or this lane's moving faster. And I've seen these people like move in and out around me in, in, in dangerous ways, right? Like moving in and out of lanes, trying to maximize the speed that they get through this traffic. And there's nothing better then having that happen to you where someone does all these maneuvers around you to get over into another lane and get ahead of you. And then you just slowly in a relaxed manner, slide up next to them at the next stoplight, exactly in the same position that they are. Or maybe even like, if I can like inch a little ahead of them, I'll even do that just because I know how, how much that will bother them. Right. And so uh, that, that's another place that you see this happening. Parking spaces. This is another one. Some people will circle the lot seven times looking for a front row parking space when if they were just to go two rows back, there are like 18 spaces wide open that they could just pull into and jet into the store. They will, by the time that they've found their optimized parking space, I've got a I've got a cart and like three things in my in my basket, right? And they're still circling the parking lot looking for the best parking space, right? And by the way, it's easier to pull into that one that's a couple couple of rows back. It's easier to it's easier to get out. Everything is easier about it. Save time, it's more efficient. And what are you saving 50 feet of walking? Like that was that was worth that time, that anxiety and that stress. Now, I understand that for some people these things are kind of a game. Like they're trying to, it's like they're gamifying life and trying to uh, trying to win at the grocery store line. They're trying to win at which elevator is going to arrive first. They're trying to win at finding the better parking space. And they, you know, they, they celebrate the fact, oh, that person just pulled out and I'm going to get the best space in the lot. And that's like a win for their day. So I understand that for some people, that's maybe some way that they derive some sort of enjoyment. But I think for most of us, it's really just an unnecessary source of stress, anxiety, and things that just, they just don't really matter that much. Um, I'll give you another example. Stopping on road trips. Hey, if you're a person that does not want to ever pull off the road for any reason on a road trip, probably shouldn't travel for me because if I see someplace I want to go stop and get a Diet Coke or a drink or whatever it might be, uh, I'm pulling off the road. I'm going to get it. I'm going to go. I'm going to grab. Some, I'm going to stop and I'm going to grab some food. I'm going to uh, like, oh, look at that. I want to stop at that place. Like, look at that. I'm going to go get a picture of that view. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to stop as many times as I want to stop. 
because it ultimately doesn't matter most times whether I get to the final destination 20 minutes earlier. And sometimes it's not even going to be 20 minutes earlier if you add if you add in all the stuff. It's not that big of a deal at all. Um, but other people will be like, they will literally pee in a cup in the car rather than pull off that. They'll like go through unbelievable pain and discomfort in order not to like, oh, I'm, I don't want to spend that two and a half minutes that it's going to take me to pull off and go into McDonald's to go to the bathroom because I have to go to the bathroom on this road trip or something something like that. That that That's not me. That's not me at all. So some people are uh, more satisf- satisficers in some areas of their life and maximizers in other areas of their life. Uh, I'll give you another example, investments. So you'll see some people who are constantly switching, changing their investments. They're watching the market. They're trying to time the market. They're moving their, their all their money from this investment to that investment. And they're uh, practically day trading. <laughs> and they're like saying, oh, I think this is the time to do this one. And I'm going to optimize this retirement account. And no, I need to move all my money over here. And they're, they're constantly stressed and have anxiety around this. And then there's another person who just sets it and forgets it, has a certain amount automatically pulled out of their paycheck, goes into like a a, um, a, a low cost, uh, high interest fund of some sort that has a, a, a wide spectrum of investments and just lets it sit. And by the way, the person who sets it and forgets it will almost always end up ahead of the person who's constantly trying to beat the market with various uh, strategies that they've learned about on uh, some some podcast the, the the week before, right? And so it's almost always that turtle, the person that sets and forgets it, who beats the hare, that wants to race around and try to grab the ra- the latest opportunity. And so th- that would be another example of this. Now, um, Derek Sivers tells this story that I love, uh, where he got into someone got him into cycling. And so he was living in the Santa Monica area at the time. Derek Sivers, by the way, a fantastic author, entrepreneur. Um, if you don't know Derek Sivers, go check him out, look him up. He's, his stuff is fantastic. Um, and I, there's probably another whole podcast I'm going to do on Derek coming up pretty soon. But anyway, so he got into cycling. And he had this loop. I think it was like a 15-mile loop or something that he would do on his bicycle. And he would go after it. He would be huffing and puffing and red in the face and like head down, like pushing and like really trying to like uh, maximize this cycling trip on this loop that he would do in Santa Monica. And every time he would come back and he would hit right at like 43 minutes. And that was like what, that was like the, that was this target. 43 minutes, he would hit it again. And every day he would go out there and he would just push it again and go 43 minutes. Well, pretty soon he kind of lost his love of doing that route. He kind of lost his love of cycling because it got became associated with this super strenuous and hard effort that he was having to put in every day, every time he went out there. It's like, he didn't want to do it the next day because it was just, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to put in, it became associated with something that was kind of painful and kind of stressful, making sure he hit his 43 minutes. That became a bigger thing than enjoying his cycling. And so he said, you know what, forget this. I'm just going to go out there this time and I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to go about half speed, not worry about it. I'm going to enjoy my surroundings. I'm going to take in the, uh, you know, so, so he went off and uh, pedaled easier and um, looked at looked out at the ocean along his way, noticed the birds, like saw some dolphins out in the, in the water, like all these, whatever he saw, all this stuff going on around him. And he tuned in more to his environment and it actually focused on enjoying his bike ride. 
got back to the house, stopped his stopwatch. It said 45 minutes. He looked at it again because he couldn't believe it. He did it in 45 minutes. He felt like he was going half speed, but it's because he wasn't just like pushing and stressing himself out about it. And he said he was only two minutes slower. And so his takeaway was, whoa, wait a second. If I could take it easy and still get 96% of the results, like why am I going out here and killing myself? That is so true for a lot of things in our life. We're, we're super stressed. We're super, we have all this like pent up, uh, built up frustration and anxiety. And we're trying to push, push, push. But really that extra pushing that we're doing is not giving us enough results to really make a difference. Like in, in um, medical terms, sometimes they call it the minimum effective dose, right? Where there's a certain amount of medicine that you need for it to be an effective dose for what it is that you're treating. But over that amount, it's just wasted. And in fact, at a certain point over that amount, it actually can become toxic and be a negative thing, right? Same thing is true with exercise. And so, you know, if someone, someone will say like, well, if an hour of cardio is good for you, just think about what four hours of cardio would do for you like that. Maybe, maybe I need to do four hours of cardio. That'd be four times as good as one hour of cardio. No, not only would it not be as good, but you would have extended into probably you'd be getting injuries. You'd be wearing down your body and putting too much stress on your, uh, on uh, your systems. And so it would actually be toxic and bad for you to generally do four hours of cardio a day, right? And so you have to learn what is the minimum effective dose for what you're doing? Like, do you have to do uh, 20 sets when you go to the gym? Well, there's a good chance that most of those sets are past your minimum effective dose and you could have spent way less time in the gym, done your three sets or whatever it might be and got 96% of the results of that person who stayed an extra hour putting in all these ex putting in all this extra time energy and probably dealing with injuries and wear and tear kind of issues on their body that you won't have to deal with um uh another example golf now i am a horrific golfer hurt myself golfing in fact and partly because of what i'm about to tell you so you when you're a golfer uh you you're kind of taught to be very um fluid and to not like, you don't want to like muscle up on it. Right. And it's a very, it's a more smooth swing. Well, when you are very smooth with your swing and you hit it and you see it really take off, there's a temptation to say like, oh my God, like I barely felt like I was trying on that. Like if I really muscle up this thing, I'm going to hit it a mile. And so you try to muscle up on it and you end up shanking it or it doesn't even go as far. Say, I remember this in tennis. So I used to be a tennis player. And uh, the tennis serve, for example, well, the serve, when it is very fluid, it almost has like a, a whipping type motion to it, right? And like the, the extra speed, it has like an extra little pop to it because of the fluidity of the motion of your arm and your body when it's all timed perfectly has almost a little whip kind of effect and you can really pop off a fast serve. Well, once you do that, and it seems like it was fairly easy, the, the temptation is to really like oh, this, well, man, this time I'm going to muscle it up. Like I'm, I've been lifting weights. So I'm going to really muscle this one up and try to hit it as hard as I can. Never works that way. Never works that way. So where in life are those places 
where you could be a little more relaxed, a little more fluid, and still get the vast majority of the results that that you want in life. Uh, I'll give you another fitness example. Zone two running. It's kind of transformational for people in running when they realize that actually the best thing may be for them to run slower. Like they may get better results in what they're looking for if they have if they do more easy running, more running at a conversation speed where you can hold a conversation with the person next to you. Not only is it more enjoyable, usually it's less, you're less prone to injury and it has greater uh, benefits for building your cardio, like your uh, aerobic, your aerobic capacity. And so zone two running can be a powerful thing, but to slow, actually to slow down is counterintuitive to slow down for better results is very counterintuitive for people. And uh, it's not just running where sometimes this is the case, but it's also in life. Uh, Another running example, some people are very resistant to doing intervals, like say 10 and ones, like where they run for 10 minutes, walk for run, run for 10, walk for one. And they're very nervous about their final time because they think that that's going to, first of all, some of them have the misconception that maybe that's almost like cheating. Like you're not a real runner if you do intervals. Um, while you're running, which is, of course, uh, absurd. But what's amazing is that sometimes people, when they do the 10 and ones, they will actually be surprised that they might get a better time or a very similar time to what they were doing when they didn't walk at all, but they will have a much more enjoyable experience. So 10 and ones would be another example of this kind of um Go easy to go, to go easy to go far to get better results. All right. Now, I love the story from Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday relayed a story about Kurt Vonnegut, who wrote Slaughterhouse Five, and Joseph Heller, who wrote Catch 22. And they're at this swanky party in New York City that was being hosted by a billionaire. And they're kind of walking around this party and looking at this like unbelievably, like just like posh, like, luxurious stuff in this billionaire's place, right? And Kurt Vonnegut is kind of teasing Joseph Heller. Um, you know, Joseph Heller, this famous author, Cash 22, but he says to him like, like, you know, hey, how does it feel that our host might've made more money today than what your book, Cash 22, made it in its entire history? And so he's just kind of needling him a little bit. And Joseph Heller says back to him, well, I've got something he can never have. So Vonnegut's like, what? What on earth could that possibly be? And Heller says, the knowledge that I've got enough. That's super powerful. Learning when you have enough. Learning when that extra time and energy that you're spending is not really bringing you more results that are going to give you more happiness. You already got enough. It's already good. It's good enough. Go ahead and put it out into the world. Ship it right? Go ahead and make that decision. It's good enough. Move on, right? And uh, Ramit Sethi, financial advisor, um, he's got a, a, he's, his most famous book, I, I Will Teach You to Be Rich is the name of his book. And he has a podcast of the same name, new Netflix show, but Ramit Sethi. Uh, so he talks about the idea that when he's doing financial advising with people, almost always there are people, they are never happy with what the amount of money that they have. And it leads them to a lot of unhappiness. 
And even people, you think that like, there must be like a certain level of money where then it doesn't become a concern for you anymore. And what he has exposed is the fact that that's not the case at all. No matter how much money some people have, they're still not satisfied. It's very typical for people to say, well, you know, like I'm working, I'm I'm uh, burning both ends of the candle right now. I'm like, you know, not spending time with my family. I'm doing all this, but like, it's because I need to get, I, I once I get this much, once I get X, like once I get this much money, then I'm going to be able to relax and enjoy it. Well, then they hit that much money and they still have an excuse for why they need more. And then they say, no, no, actually I need this. And I'm not using any numbers here because they're going to be different for everyone, right? But even into the millions of dollars, He's he's he has demonstrated this even into the millions of dollars. People will still say they don't have enough. There's some reason why they can't relax. There's some reason why they can't step back and spend and enjoy some of that money, and uh, or to uh, do uh, contribute to causes or whatever it might be. No, no, no. I have to have. I have to have more. I have to have more. So knowing when you have enough, knowing what the minimum effective dose is, knowing when it's okay to be a satisficer and have something that meets your requirements and make that decision and then be happy with it and move on. Now, there definitely may be a couple of areas in your life where you want to be a maximizer, where you want to optimize and you want to go for it and have it all, right? But there are so, if you examine your life, there are so many areas where you can just kind of let it go, release that stress, release that, release that anxiety and move on. And as Jimmy Buffett said, go fast enough to get there, but slow enough to see. Thank you so much for listening to The Dave Burgess Show. Let's connect. I am at Burgess Dave on Twitter. My name just flipped around to Burgess Dave. On Instagram, I am DBC underscore INC, and I blog at DaveBurgess.com. Please share your thoughts and comments on social media using the hashtag DaveBurgessShow. It would mean the world to me if you share the show with friends and colleagues, and I would be honored if you left a positive review on whatever platform you listen on. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have a question, a topic, or a guest recommendation for the show, just email me at dave at daveburgess.com, put podcast question in the subject line, and I absolutely cannot wait to join you on the next episode.